With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Monday, March the 23rd, 2015, and as always, I'm your host, John Hansen. And as we do each and every week at the same time over the same virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk radio network, we bring to you another update from Buyer's Meeting Point's Kelly Barner. And of course, this week is no exception as she shares with us news from the world of purchasing, including events and webinars. And in this week's guest audio, we're joined by Pete Loglin, Managing Director of Purchasing Insight, who will discuss the advantages and realities of supply chain finance. So without further delay, let's welcome Kelly Barner back to the show. Thank you, John. This is the Buyer's Meeting Point weekly update for March 23rd through the 27th, 2015. This week's best events include advances in intelligent purchase to pay, the three most common dysfunctions of the current outsourcing model, and the top 10 supply chain risk management insights of all time. My first recommendation, Driving Smarter Spending, Advances in Intelligent Purchase to Pay, is being presented on Tuesday by Varian. Analytics is only as effective as the data it is based on. As a result, the more intelligent your P2P solution is, the more data it will capture and give you visibility into. The resulting analytics and recommendations will not only be more accurate, they will include opportunities that would not have been uncovered without a clear vision of the truth. In this webinar, Varian's Vice President of Client Advocacy, Tommy Benston, and Tim Murphy, Vice President at Privaton Consulting, will lead an interactive discussion on the evolution of intelligent purchase to pay and discuss how it is becoming a competitive imperative. Then on Wednesday, the Outsourcing Institute is running a webinar on why vendor management must change three most common dysfunctional aspects of the current model. When we look at the more collaborative, relational approach being employed in high-value spend categories, we don't see outsourcing going away, but we certainly see the need for it to change. The best way to affect that change in short order is to focus on the baggage, or the characteristics we associate with supplier management that have to change in order for us to generate a new kind of outcome. In this webinar, several experts will come together to cover key elements of dysfunction within traditional vendor management, characteristics of leaders and followers in the new model, and what leaders are actually doing and what results they are getting. Lastly, on Thursday, Supply Chain Brain and Resilink will give us a rundown of the top 10 supply chain risk management insights of all time. The insights are a combination of lessons learned and epiphanies and will be presented by Resilink as important threads in an overall strategic framework fabric. 
When implemented in their totality, the top 10 insights may form the backbone of a successful, best practice-driven supply chain risk management program. Check the Buyer's Meeting Point events calendar for the scheduling and registration links for these events as well as those coming up. Next week's webinar topics include building the business case for an e-purchasing platform and the CPO's 2015 Agility Agenda. In this week's guest audio, I want you to hear a recent video from Pete Laughlin, Managing Director at Purchasing Insight. In it, he outlines the macroeconomic impact of supply chain finance. Most importantly, by shortening payment terms, companies can free up supplier capital and drastically reduce their cost of doing business, which inefficient supply organizations should reduce prices. I will put the link to the video on YouTube on today's Blog Talk Radio episode page so you can listen to it again with his helpful mathematical visuals in front of you. For now, let's listen to Laughlin make the macroeconomic case for supply chain finance. The 2,000 largest businesses in the United States spend an estimated $17 trillion on buying goods and services from their suppliers. That's $17,000 billion. Typically, they take between one and three months to pay their suppliers. If we say it's an average of 60 days, that means about $2.8 trillion is locked out of the economy. Big business see it differently. They earn interest on late payment. For them, delaying payment improves cash flow and reduces their cost of capital. But in 2015, they'd be lucky to get 1% on their cash. And in contrast, many of their suppliers would be paying 20 times that if they factor invoices or use borrowing to fund their business while they're waiting for payment. Looking at this in macroeconomic terms, big business is earning $28 billion by holding on to supplier payments for 60 days. But the cost to suppliers of funding those late payments is over $500 billion. But what if suppliers were paid early? What if instead of waiting 60 days, they were paid in 10 days? Again, in macroeconomic terms, that would release $2.3 trillion. That's a huge difference, but why would big business give up their cash flow advantage? Why would they give that away? Well, they don't need to give it away. Suppose instead of paying 20%, suppliers paid 10%, and not for 60 days, but for just 10 days. And instead of paying that 10% to the bank, they paid it to their customers themselves. In other words, pay their customers to pay promptly. That would save suppliers $230 billion a year, and their customers would make over $200 billion. The best thing about pulling guest audio from a recognized blogger is that if you have the date of the recording and you look back at the posts they were working on at the time, there's likely to be a connection that gives you some visibility into their larger thoughts around the topic. Now, since this was such a recent video, it wasn't difficult, and I didn't have far to look. There are two recent posts on Purchasing Insight that are relevant to this topic, and I highly recommend that you read them both. In the first, published on March 5th, entitled Everything You Wanted to Know About Supply Chain Finance But Were Afraid to Ask, Laughlin walks through the notion of supply chain finance with an objective point of view. He reminds us that it is not just an arrangement between buyers and suppliers, 
but it involves the banks that sit between them. Even when we have the best intentions for our supply base, we still need to understand what the banks stand to gain from these arrangements and what they are really offering or charging our suppliers. The second post, published on March 16th, more or less follows the content of the audio we just heard, although absorbing it in written form makes it so much easier to pause and consider the figures and values he offers up as part of his explanation, at least if you're a visual learner like I am. One very interesting idea Laughlin digs into in the post, but doesn't cover in this audio, is the efficiency discrepancy between large and small suppliers. The reason it is so interesting is that it shines a bright light onto the self-interest that banks may be injecting into your supply chain finance program without you necessarily realizing it. As he says in the post, quote, the discrepancy in the cost of working capital is really a symptom of our economic inefficiency. We can see it manifested in actual examples of inefficiency. Most bank-led supply chain finance schemes go no further than working with a customer's largest suppliers because the cost and inefficiency of managing the KYC, a regulation known as Know Your Customers, makes the cost of working with smaller suppliers prohibitive. The value that can be extracted using supply chain finance is a value that can be added by creating efficient financial supply chains. End quote. Procurement needs to walk a careful line when it comes to supply chain finance. We need to offer it when it is beneficial to us and our suppliers, understanding that the bank has its own motivations for being so helpful, but completely understanding what those motivations are and how they affect us and our supply chain. We also need to make sure that our greatest opportunities for efficiency and value are being addressed by the banking partner we work with not just the low-hanging fruit, such as the big suppliers, that makes it look easy for them to report good results to us. Does your organization have a supply chain finance program in place? What sorts of conversations has procurement had with finance and the banks about it? Have you solicited any feedback directly from your suppliers? As always, you can share your thoughts on this week's guest audio or recommended events by commenting on today's episode page or by connecting with me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I'll be back next Monday to review upcoming procurement events and share another guest audio excerpt. Thank you, Kelly. I've got to tell you, one of the first things that came to mind as I was listening to both uh, your analysis of what Pete had to say and, of course, what Pete had to say, and I was reminded of a July 17th uh, Nependo post by A.L. Rosenberg uh, titled, Obama Calls for Early Payment to Suppliers, But It Takes Two to Tango. And he was talking about the launch of the Supplier Pay Initiative. And, of course, that was based or, or at least uh, initiated in part because of the success of the government's quick pay program that was launched back in 2011. But one of the things that was interesting is in this desire to pay faster, we can get lost in the economics of it. And I'm not talking about the fact that or suggesting that economics are not an important consideration, the impact on the greater economy, the more uh, regionalized or localized impact on buyer-supplier relationships are key. But one of the things that stood out from, from Rosenberg's post, he made reference to an automotive industry study that linked P2P efficiency and supplier performance. In other words, he said the two went hand-in-hand. Hand. And in writing about it, he had indicated that organizations that maintain positive relationships with suppliers 
tend to offer the best products at affordable prices. He then goes on to say that the report talked about the fact that the impact that a slow payment regimen has on suppliers from a liquidity standpoint is significant. So again, he's talking about the financial aspect of it, but what stands out to me is what are organizations in business for? to serve their clients. And obviously there is a direct link, at least in the automotive industry, but I do believe that this would probably extend to other industries, that in terms of the the relationship with the suppliers, a positive relationship that is achieved through timely payments, those organizations, those buying organizations, are able to offer a better quality product at a more affordable price. And at the end of the day, that's the driving force, I would imagine, that would, would determine the effect throughout the entire uh, exchange chain, if you could call it, or the relationship uh, uh, structure of the organization between buyer and, and, and supplier. So just an interesting point there, and certainly don't want to lose sight on, on the ultimate end result. Nonetheless, another great, great segment uh, from uh, Kelly Barner, and uh, we certainly look forward to uh, bringing you these, uh, these episodes each and every Monday at the same time, so mark it in your calendar. Until we come at you over these same virtual airwaves again, have a great and successful week. Bye for now. You've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.